Hi there and welcome back to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello, welcome to the ESPN Footy Podcast. This is a very special episode. It's an emergency episode. It is an episode regarding currently the biggest talking point in the footy world and unfortunately it has absolutely nothing to do with the actual game. So we felt it was necessary to talk about, but we would much rather be talking about other things. So first up, you have me, Marissa Lodanik, and Marnie Vinyl today. Before we begin, we want to uh, acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. So basically, if you haven't kind of been up to speed in the first two games of the men's mm. footy season... I think it's wild when we think it's literally only been two games. A lot of stuff has gone down and the series of events has ultimately turned into a wider discussion of footy media, the environment that it creates, the people who inhabit it and what they think they can do, what they think they can say and just the kind of entire ecosystem as a whole. Marnie and I would rather not be talking about what it's like to be women in sports media and the kind of complexion of the landscape as a whole. We would rather be talking about the footy. We would rather be talking about some of the really awesome stories that have happened in the last couple of hours. Essendon has their inaugural AFLW coach. Sam Doherty has come back from cancer, has kicked a goal. Carlton were huge winners. There are so many better, more interesting things to be talking about. But instead, we are having to use our very limited platform here on ESPN. We are only a couple of freelancers, but we need to talk about this. If we don't talk about this as two women in sports media, then it's it may very well be just brushed under the rug and there's no real kind of good discussion or proper discussion that comes from this whole situation. So... The kind of series of events that we've had is after the men's dogs uh, D's game on Wednesday night, there was a very heated exchange in the press conference between Luke Beveridge and Tom Morris, a Fox footy journalist. In that situation, Marnie and I are both in agreement that Bevo was in the wrong, Tom Morris was in the right, he was doing his job as a journo and he was absolutely correct. But from that situation, which... Also, I don't think it's unfair to say it was a little bit of a, became a bit bigger than it perhaps should have been. We've now entered a situation where all of these audio clips of allegedly Tom Morris spouting some really disgusting, vile, misogynistic, homophobic, racist kind of stuff have emerged, have been leaked. We've learnt allegedly a lot about what he thinks about not only certain minorities but some of his colleagues and it's really just completely burst open into this wider conversation about women in sports media in particular and how we kind of exist in this system that is not really welcoming of us is not built with us in mind and is kind of repeatedly showing itself to not be a particularly hospitable environment so in addition to kind of just saying that we think Tom was in the right in the Bevo situation we want to also stress that the fact that these 
audio clippings were leaked. Not a great look, not a great way to go about it. think that's a really gross thing, particularly for some of the people who are um, mentioned in these audio clippings and personal details about them have now been released into the public when they had absolutely nothing to do with any of the kind of discussions or situations. So the leaks themselves, no good, but they're out there now and it's giving us an opportunity to kind of talk about what it's like being women in sports media, in footy media. And I think one of the main things that we kind of want to get across is that this uh, incident doesn't exist in isolation. It is not one man. It is not one company. It is not one incident. This is how it is. This is how it's built and this is what it's meant to be doing in a weird kind of way. So I have waffled on for a bit, but Marnie, how how are you feeling? How are you doing with all of this kind of information that's just emerged in the last few hours or the last, let's say, two days that has really put a lot of us kind of in a bit of a spin, I think is the best way to put it almost. Yeah, a big question. I'm not really sure how to answer it. And uh, I do wear a lot of my emotions on my sleeve. So there is a potential that I'll get a bit emotional during this, especially when we talk about our own experiences or the experiences of people that are in our circles. But it's really heavy. It just feels really heavy and really exhausting because this is what we know and what we fear. Emma Race on Twitter, uh, she tweeted last night, get around your favourite women's sports journals today because the way one of our own was talked about today is what we all fear we are reduced to when we leave the room. And that fear is so founded when it's something that we see and we hear quite constantly. I've firsthand sat in a room full of men. I've been the only woman in a sports, in a sports media environment and overheard fellow colleagues speaking about other fellow colleagues um, and females' bodies of sports presenters. I know it exists. And so this video and this leaked audio, it, it wasn't surprising in the slightest, but it was deeply angering and frustrating and I think that one thing that I I think we both want to make clear is that we are not going to mention the female sports presenter who is at the center of this story because she's been dragged into this no fault of her own and she doesn't need to be continually spoken about uh, in regards to this saga because you know no matter how this plays out from here on no matter what the ramifications Uh, the one thing is incredibly clear and that is that a woman was dragged into this mess through no fault of her own and she was used as collateral in a dispute about men that were exhibiting quite frankly really childish behavior the leaks and the press conference aren't inherently linked but I think that you would have to be pretty foolish to think that it is a coincidence that the Tom Morris um allegedly Tom Morris video and audio was leaked with the day after Bevo berated him at a press conference and it's just as, as you mentioned this is not a tale of one man or one man or a group of them in a group chat this is about the culture of deep-seated sexism and racism and homophobia, which permeates Australian society and in particular, Australian sports. 
And I do also want to say that if you do see that content, if you see it circling across social media, absolutely have your say if you want to, um, but don't share it. Don't quote tweet the video. The woman that was dragged into it, it, she's a remarkable sports presenter who does an incredible job and her, the quality of her work speaks absolute volumes and she does not need to be continually brought up uh, in this saga of grown men acting incredibly childish. And I think it's it's so frustrating to view as as women, and obviously we know that it's not just a, a gendered problem. We know that it you know brings in the other lenses of uh, different kind of uh, people from different racial and cultural backgrounds as well, and obviously sexuality comes into it as well. It's just it's this hot steaming pile of absolute garbage that has emerged and I think one of the things that I really wanted to stress and I'm sure we'll elaborate on it as well is that and you've already kind of discussed it but that it's you know it's not just this moment right now and it's not just footy like last night when I was kind of processing and reeling from all of this I just started listing all the other kind of examples like high-profile, well-known examples of women who have been treated poorly in sports media. The immediate one that came to mind was the Mel McLaughlin-Chris Scale incident where he was being really gross to her while she was literally trying to do her job. And that turned into a whole saga when ultimately it was he was behaving badly and she was trying to do her job. And that was years ago now. That was, you know, Big Bash was still on Channel 10. That was a fair while ago. And then I was thinking about the 2018 Men's World Cup. There were whole articles about, um, you know, fans harassing and groping female presenters who were trying to do their jobs, trying to do live crosses on the ground in Russia from the World Cup. There were stories about how, you know, there's whole media conferences where there's maybe only one woman in the room and it's like all of these things are not new and they all kind of fall under this umbrella of what women in particular have to deal with to work in sports media it's like a condition of entry that no one wants to accept but they have to because otherwise they don't get in you don't get to work in sports media so the thing that I really wanted to stress was that this is not the first time this has happened. I really hope it's the last time it's happened, but I'm a little bit smarter than that to think that, you know, it will be the last time. But it happens everywhere. It happens across sport and it's continued to happen. So we need now to ideally be some sort of turning point in this conversation because we can't keep acting surprised when these kinds of things happen because we know they happen. We've got buckets of evidence at a high profile nature and we anecdotally and other women other non-binary people other people of color all have this list of you know kind of small and big incidents that they will tell you have happened in Australian sports media if you're willing to listen and actually take them seriously and there's already such a limited number of us so a deacon uh, study recently uh, found that only 10% of sports reporters in Australia are 
women, which is a shocking a number, but it incidents like this aren't going to help that number grow at all because you know a few years ago when I was sitting about the fence about whether do I want to follow sports writing and journalism and media or do I not and a big reason that I didn't want to is because I've seen how women are treated in this space and I didn't know if that's something that not only did I want to put myself in that position but could I realistically handle is my you know is my skin thick enough to handle this environment and I can imagine there's a lot of people that have watched what's happened this week, younger women, younger people on the, you know, fringes that are marginalised watching this stuff happen and think, well, that's not an environment that I want to put myself in. Why would I, why would I want to chase a dream if that's how I'm going to be treated once I get there? So like a, a big thing when it comes here is it, it can't just be, uh, a problem of statistics when it comes to women in sports media, but it is also such a problem of environment because the environment is so unsafe. And as you mentioned, we know this, we all have so many anecdotes that we could probably spend the next hour just talking about because we know that the environment is unsafe, that it's not always supportive, that it doesn't have our back. And it's not an environment that allows us to thrive. You can't just be thinking, okay, well, we need to get a woman on this panel. Oh, it's a bad look if we don't have a woman presenting on this show. You need to also make sure that that is an environment that they feel safe and secure and they are able to do their job and that they are able to thrive and feel comfortable and supported and also to be themselves. You know, one of the biggest issues that I think I struggle with is knowing how to toe the line between just you know, doing my job but also being in that environment and wanting to call behaviour out or call things out or to just speak up online. And it's really hard when you think, well, if am I ever going to be welcome back if I call this stuff out because no one else around me is calling it out and I'm clearly already the odd one out by being a female in a room full of men. Is How is that going to go? For me have you do, how, do you feel like that sometimes oh yeah absolutely like you again like I said it was that condition of entry you kind of I always think of the um you know the cool girl spiel from um Gone girl. oh yeah mm-hmm. that lives in my mind rent free and it particularly lived in my mind rent free when I was doing my sports journalism degree when I was I think one of five in a degree of 30, it was already a very small degree, but I was one of five women in that degree specifically. I thought about it when I was only a volunteer writer, still in uni, in media boxes, completely filled with men. And I thought, oh God, like, luckily in those instances, I, and I hate that I have to say, luckily I didn't experience the any kind of untoward behavior or didn't overhear anything particularly bad but you're still very aware of the fact that you're the only woman in the room you're very aware that if something does happen or something occurs that you're not okay with it's like I'm 19 do I have the backbone to call this out right now do I want to be that person do I want to be forever labeled as the the problem woman who has just a few too many opinions to kind yeah. of be um yeah to be t- like she seems okay but she's got far too many opinions on things yeah. and stuff so 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's something we should talk about just in the sense of really stressing that it's a systemic problem. All of this stuff is, it's the individuals provide the examples, but the individuals exist within systems that bring these examples to light. So I'm happy for you to kind of expand on that because I know you had some really good thoughts on this. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, and this is why instances like this week just feel so heavy because they're not isolated. They're just showing us what we already know, which is that they are deep-seated problems for anyone that exists in these environments that don't fit the exact status quo. And so, like, straight behind all of those shiny screens, because sport is so dazzling and shiny, especially when it comes to presenting, but knowing that, like, just behind a lot of the screens, it's an unsafe place because these things have been allowed to happen. I know, obviously, like, so allegedly Tom Morris said these things in the group chat, but what was more hurtful and what I took away more from that was that he was comfortable to say those things that he knew that he was an environment where they just talk like that and that's completely fine I've seen that firsthand where someone said something uh in a room and I've been like whoa but what was more hurtful was the fact that these other people who I did feel like I could trust um didn't say anything and when you're the only woman and it's a woman that you're defending it is so hard you cannot, like, it is so hard. You need to have people in those environments that you know will have your back and support you and also just not leave it to you as the only woman to say something. I think when these things happen, it was so interesting watching my Twitter feed go from full of male journos, like full of male journos who all had things to say about Bevo on that press conference to almost like a light was switched and it suddenly was just full of women who were saying how tired and exhausted they were and then just uh, lifting each other up as the mood did kind of turn and it turned to like, well, let's have each other's backs. And it was amazing. And, and there were men within that who had things to say, absolutely. And there was some, you know, great support happening. But overall, it was, it was just, it, it went from just being flooded with men having a million and one opinions to just being really silent. And that happens online, sure, but I've seen it happen in real life. And that's where it's really difficult really really difficult I think that's also a really good opportunity to then kind of talk about men (laughs) and (laughs) um what what they can do in these situations I don't know do men feel as though if they hear these things they can't bring it up because they almost feel a similar like a similar way to the only woman yep. in the room where it's like, yep. well, I don't want to be the person that calls it out. Obviously, yep. worst case scenario, are these men in the room thinking, oh, that was funny or I agree or, you know, oh, next time I'm going to mention this terrible thing because I've seen someone else discuss it. So I, I feel like I'm almost torn between men please do better without needing or asking more of women and here let me help you so that we can make this work together so we can make this better together so I I mean I have 
so many thoughts when it comes to this because I don't, I'm not saying that it, it's a binary of all men bad or women good. Yes, the environment is unsafe for women, but it also isn't like women don't contribute to the culture as well. And there are times that is internalized misogyny that I've had to check myself constantly for. And there's also, it, it's, it's difficult. It can be really hard for men as well to be the only voice in a room saying, I don't agree with this or this is incorrect. And, but we do know that calling this stuff out is how that it, it gets changed. Talk to each other when it's not happening. Talk to each other today. Get on the phone, get in your group chats, seeing as they're so prevalent. Get in them and have that conversation of, well, how do we address it when it comes up? What, what action can we put in place? It's kind of like, I know this sounds so dumb, but it's like when I do my RSA for a job and it's like, okay, so you've got a really drunk person and this is the way you talk to that person. You use these words and not these words. You do this and not that. Have those conversations in your group so that you know what to do when it happens and you're not also caught off guard. And so you can be more helpful and feel more confident because I'm not saying it's easy for you. It's not easy for anyone. No one's having a walk in the park. This is really tough and hurtful and sometimes can really rattle you and your confidence. But it's the only way that changes is going to happen. And like, again, this may sound so simplistic, but just read books. Like, I don't have the answers. I'm also a white cis woman. I especially don't have the answers. I have it relatively easy in comparison to so many that are on the margins or in minorities. And Kate, Kate O'Halloran, who is an experienced sports reporter, she's now with the ABC. And she tweeted last night that as a queer woman living with chronic illness and working in mainstream sports media, what I'd really like is for the industry to examine how safe and supportive the environment is for those of us experience various forms of marginalization. Today was a lot and not okay. Seek out those voices as well. Like, don't just listen to me. I have such a shallow understanding because, like, uh, if, in regards to my lived experience, because, you know, I have been in so many rooms where I'm the only woman. I've been the only white woman in those rooms. And more often than not, those rooms are entirely just white people as well. There's so much to unpack here. Um, but if you're, if you're sitting at home, you're just like, well, I might just send a tweet that it just acknowledges all the people that I love and think do good work. Great. That's awesome. Honestly, it feels great to be recognized, but the real work is you in your friends group chats. That's where the real work is. I think my, my secondary point to that, which again is more just an emphasis of what you said is seek out those, those women, those people of color, those non-binary folks. And when they tell you, this thing happened to me or I heard this or we see a, a situation unfolding in front of us like this and they say, this wasn't on. This was actually really bad. Here's why it was bad. You need to ideally first cab off the rank, acknowledge that, but then yeah. believe it. Yeah. We're not we're not saying, oh, this was bad so that we can kind of have temper tantrums and, yeah. you know, be big shouty feminists or whatever it is. We're telling you this because it's actually bad and we waste a lot of time and a lot of kind of mental energy having to explain why situations that are bad are bad rather than just, oh, but it was banter, oh, it was locker room talk, oh, it was this, it was a joke, blah, blah, blah. When women or other people who are 
you know, looking at a situation and they can see themselves in that situation or they've experienced a a similar situation and they say to you, this was not on. You need to take that on board. They're not saying it to be the fun police or killjoys or whatever it is. They're literally sharing with you and giving you that kind of door to enter this conversation and be helpful and learn and kind of grow from that. So don't look away from those opportunities. Try and, you know, just listen to the people who are are talking right now. And if you're coming at it from a point of view with, oh, well, they're all just women with their panties in a twist or whatever it is, you're, you're part of the problem. You're not helping it out. I'm really, really hoping that people who listen to this or who have, you know, their favourite sports presenters or their favourite women writers or whoever it is, if you respect them enough to enjoy their work, respect them enough to really listen to what they're saying when it comes to things that aren't good, things that are very, very bad, and don't don't make them explain it further. Acknowledge that it's bad and then start calling it out because, unfortunately, the people in question calling it out sometimes isn't enough. We need mm. other people to help with the calling it out, which is a lot of what you were saying. So, men, you need to listen when a woman says that that was misogynistic or a queer person says that that was homophobic or transphobic or whatever it was or a person from a different racial or cultural background says hey no that was actually really racist you need to come from a place of actually believing that before we can actually start then calling it out dismantling changing other people's opinions changing the actual structures of sports media it's a really simple basic thing but it's still something that we're seemingly struggling with so yeah if you can help with that first step of actually like okay this person has said this is bad I agree with them we're we're making a lot of kind of headway to be honest yeah and because as you said like up top we don't want to be having these conversations like we don't want to be um like, I, I do get worried about being perceived as, like, a shouty, angry feminist um, when I just, I feel like, do say pretty mild stuff on my Twitter account. Um, so we don't want to be here having these conversations. It's the eve of the AFLW finals. My team, Essendon, Mems are running out tomorrow for the first time in a long time. I'm so excited. Essendon, AFLW just got the coach. There's so much that we want to be talking about. And... You know, we came to sport because we find it rewarding and there's joy in it. And then to to be made to feel unwelcome and then when you point out those things and you just get told, well, you're too opinionated or that's kind of the, the stroke that you were painted with, you're going to lose really good... I'm, and I'm not talking about myself here. But you're going to lose really amazing talent who contribute so much to the telling of the game and make it a much better place for it all to be in you're going to lose them if you don't fix the culture and I think it's also it's something that other kind of sports media organizations need to take on board and actually really think about because obviously it would be very easy for everyone to kind of um point the finger at Fox Sports, at Fox Footy, because it's easy to point the finger when it's not you as the problem. So I would really, really encourage, and this goes for literally the organisation that we are currently recording on as well, you know, 
we've only had kind of positive experiences with ESPM, but that doesn't make them exempt from looking in their own backyards, looking at how many women they actually have full-time paid on staff, looking at, you know, listening to women and other people of colour and non-binary folks and those people, have their experience always been positive? Have people been afraid to bring these things up? And it goes for literally sports newsrooms across the country, across the globe, every sport, the the sports media um, industry as a whole really needs to, like I said, I think a little bit earlier, use this as a moment of actual change to reflect, to look, to actually start to change things and ideally, you know, have those difficult conversations but then get the reward of having those difficult conversations by making a better, safer, more inclusive environment. Because if we don't, we're going to be we're, we're going to have to do this podcast again, but with a different example, maybe a different media organization in the spotlight, maybe a different journalist has said something bad or whatever it is. It's it's just going to be a situation where we keep repeating ourselves and history keeps repeating ourselves. So if anything, ideally, this entire situation doesn't happen. If But if something good has to come out of it, it needs to be that the entire kind of sports media industry as a whole looks at itself and decides that no okay we're actually going to really make some some changes here we're going to listen to the women that are employed we're going to seek out more women we're going to broaden our kind of scope of journalists we're going to get more people from different racial and cultural backgrounds on we're going to diversify and make the entire sports media industry just a bit more reflective of general society so that we as a whole can not only be a better safer more inclusive work environment but also just cover sports in a way that reflects the actual sports people and the society that is watching those sports you know what I mean oh bang on yeah I'm just sitting here nodding absolutely absolutely bang on and I think what I will add to that is this isn't just okay we're going to look at um this once and we're done this is ongoing work so sorry um to everyone that doesn't want to hear that but it is ongoing work and it's we're never going to be done I'm including myself in that. I'm never, ever going to be done learning about how I can help um, the sports world be a more welcoming place. And because as, like, as you said, like, it, it's just better. It, it's better for all of us. Just have to do it. We, we got her. Cause like, look, I, I've, I've, there's been a little bit of catharsis being able to kind of just talk about yeah. this with you, but I don't want to do it again. I've, I've catharted now. I'm done. Let's make the changes now. Um, are there any kind of final things that you would like to stress to anyone listening to this? I guess also, and I know that this might be, I, I don't really know how to word this, but I understand that navigating these situations a incredibly difficult and quite often you want to help but you don't know how or you don't know what to say please don't bow out like if if, if you're a good one and because you're prob- you're listening to this and if you stayed with us this whole way I assume you are don't bow out just don't just because I, I understand like it, it can feel that way and it can feel like oh well I don't know how to contribute in a healthy or positive way or I don't know what I'm doing I think I'm doing the right thing but maybe I'm not doing the right thing I get that absolutely but just keep listening and keep trying uh, and stay with us, please. 
I think, yeah, that's to kind of um, add to that. It, it's a very Twitter-specific example, but, you know, if you don't know what to say, that's okay because there will yeah. be women or non-binary folks or people of colour who know exactly what to say and there's a retweet function on Twitter where you can kind of, you don't have to say anything because they've already said it for you. So, yeah, I think I would just echo exactly what you've said. I I hate that I have to say this. Men, you're not the problem. You're unfortunately just one of the really kind of key parts of this entire system yeah, that makes everything yeah. bad. So don't yeah. don't think of yourselves of, oh, all the women hate me simply because I am a man. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we hate it when you do bad things. Like We hate the systems, not the people. Like, And to dismantle them, we are asking you to come with us we literally can't dismantle them alone so I really hope that you've gotten something out of this whether that be kind of a a new perspective or kind of validation of how you were feeling about things but yeah I just there's there's so much work to be done and if we can't turn these kind of moments into actual positive change we're never going to learn anything so I really hope that yeah you get something out of this and we can go back to just kind of watching footy because that would be really nice. That would be really, really, we've still got, as you said, we've got finals footy in the AFLW. We've got the rest of the first round in the AFL men's. We just, we just want to talk about the footy. We don't have, want to have to kind of justify and explain our existence within the sports media industry. Yeah. And also if you don't know where to go, I would recommend heading to Making the Call Twitter and Out of Sanctum Twitter, follow them, look what at they, who they retweet, and you can find people through that. I think that's a good avenue if that's... I was going to say, yes, as as, as yeah. two women who yeah. did Making the Call, we are... <laughs> we want to plug ourselves. We want to plug everyone else who we know in the in the women in sport community who do bang and work. <laughs> I was going to say, and there are, there, pe- there are people out there, so don't, like, you can't say that you don't know where to look. There are people out there so listen to them they know what they're talking about but thank you for for tuning in today as we said it's not the kind of episode we want to do but we we felt we couldn't let the moment kind of slip by without addressing it particularly as two women who work in you know very different capacities but who work in footy media so can't wait to actually talk to you all about the aflw finals obviously we'll be keeping Mm. an eye on the pies brisbane game and when that gets rescheduled because of the covid complications that have now popped up but we can't wait to actually talk about footy and thank you so much for for listening to us and for tuning in listen to all the latest episodes by subscribing to the espn footy pod wherever you get your podcasts